World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Uh, get a 6, 10 or 12 pack of greeting cards. You know that panicky moment when you've got the present and you don't want to spend 11 bucks on some high concept card. Well, this is the answer for you. Um, use the offer code World Cup and get super simple cards. No trees are cut down to make the cards. All recycled material printing uses only vegetable oil-based inks, so they're totally compostable. Find a link in the show notes or go to supersimplecards.com to get 10% off your order when you use the code World Cup. Welcome to the World Cup Road Trip Podcast. It's the day after the match before, and there's a plenty of contemplation going on. It doesn't stop us getting out and seeing the town. Tony got to know Kazan, and he also ran into yesterday's match day announcer. Vamos, Mexico! That is the Mexicans going past having defeated the world champions. <laughs> that party could go on for a week. <laughs> One minute. <laughs> Hey, I'm outside the top hop in uh, in the centre of Kazan, and incredible who you run into at a World Cup. Just in the bar, talking to the, my mate Cam, is a bloke called Chris Temple, and what's his job? He's a freaking ground announcer at major sporting <laughs> events. Uh, Chris, it's lovely to meet you. And you, sir. Nice to see you. So tell us, where have you ground announced in your life? Uh, well, I've done the Olympic Games, the Olympics in Rio in 2016. Uh, I did the Rugby World Cup in England in 2015. I uh, did the World Athletics Championships last year, Euro 2016 in France. Uh, so this is, yeah, this is my first World Cup though, so delighted to be here. And you got to come to Kazan for the big Australia versus France clash. Now, can you, can you tell us what being a a, a, a ground announcer entails. What did you What did you have to do when you arrived here in Kazan? Well, I'm here for the whole month. Actually, I'm here for all six games in Kazan. So we're here right through to the quarterfinals. So to have a uh, France Australia as the first game was yeah, it was a great game because obviously France is one of the superpowers, and Australia are a team that we know pretty well because there are a lot of uh, English-based players in the Australian team. So it was a pretty good game to to be uh, handed with first up. As a ground announcer, I must say, I, I flew in here probably uh, three days before the first game. Um, we had a couple of full days of stadium rehearsals where everything that you can imagine was rehearsed. Uh, as far as, you know, the young lads and lasses walking the flags out on the, sta- on the pitch before the game, they must have rehearsed 10 or 12 times to get in the right spot, to all peel out into a circle with the Australian flag at the right pace. Everything you can possibly imagine was rehearsed. Maybe uh, it wasn't the most efficient use of time. I reckon I didn't do a lot during those three days of rehearsals, apart from, you know, say, here come the teams. Um, But apart from that, uh, personally, for me as an announcer, obviously rehearsing pronunciations was the biggest biggest thing for us to, to make sure we get right. Because not just out of respect for the occasion, but out of respect for the individuals concerned, they are some of the some of them are on the biggest stage of their life, the World Cup. The last thing they want to hear is their name basically murdered by an announcer as they come out of the tunnel. So you're there for days and days and days. And how many how many minutes work would you say you were doing in a in a rehearsal day? If, if I use the the we say match day minus one, which is when basically a lot of rehearsals go on, it's the day before the game. Um, I would say out of eight to ten hours probably in the stadium, I would have done twenty or thirty minutes actual work. A lot of it is waiting around for people to get organised. And tell us, when you looked at the Australian list, um, ground announcer, put your ground announcer hat on, what's, what, what jumped out as difficult? 
Uh, it's probably the, the, the players, to be honest, that are A-League, A-League based, that are ones that maybe in England we haven't necessarily become too familiar with. So the likes of Aaron Moy, I mean, you look at Aaron Moy's name on paper, a lot of people may think, look at Moy, M-O-O-Y, and say, how on earth do you say that? But well, because Moy. Mui, exactly. <laughs> Mui or any other, yeah. yeah so, have, would you, would, that'd be a, like a ground announcer. Would you go back to ground announcer freaking junior academy? Yeah, if you, if ground you crank, announcer school. If you, if you, if you cranked out Mui, you'd be in massive <laughs> trouble, wouldn't you? We'd be in, particularly working as he plays in the Premier League, we'd be in big trouble. <laughs> uh, so I would say a couple of the ones I looked up would be Milos Degenek, uh, for example. So is that Degenek, uh, Degenek, various other ways you could say it. Uh, and other ones like... For example, Tom Rogic, who plays in Scotland, for me, he's not a hugely familiar name. So is that Tom Rogic or is that Tom Rogic? Again, it's a tiny little thing, but it's quite important because if his family and friends are there or watching on TV, if I get his name wrong, that's, that's, that's poor from my part. So little things like that, that's very important for me to get right. So you've done the background, you've done the endless, endless rehearsals and it's match day, right? So the, the Russians couldn't have worked harder on their preparation. Uh, tell me how it unfolded. Uh, so match day, you know, again, there's a lot of component parts that come together. There are two presenters on the sideline, one English, one Russian. There are two announcers. So there's me speaking in English. And there's also a Russian announcer who speaks a little bit of English, but not, not so much. So the idea is that everything I say is translated into Russian as well uh, for the local fans. And there were a lot of Russians in the, in the Kazan Arena last night. Uh, so we get to, um, yeah, the, the moment where the teams have come out, they've lined up. Uh, the national anthems have been played. Uh, Advanced Australia Fair has been absolutely belted out. And I must must mention at this point that the hairs on my neck were standing up listening to that being belted out by uh, the, the fans and however many there were Aussie fans in the Kazan Arena. But the one thing that didn't quite go to plan was that uh, we were supposed to announce the teams before kickoff in English and in Russian. Uh, and due to issues with time, uh, that we were basically running over time after four names of the French team uh, I was told I got a tap on the shoulder and some frantic Russian arm waving to say just do it in English because there's no time well they didn't say that they just tapped me on the shoulder which I was supposed to take to mean just do it in English because there's no time so how did you find out because you, can, you can't speak Russian right well they, so. they, they basically were doing a crossed arm signal and pointing to the Russian guy so basically saying that he's not doing anything anymore so you carry on so of course this is this is only the World Cup this is not the you know the <laughs> Melbourne and District League this is the World Cup this is the first time I've ever done this at the World Cup so for me personally it's quite a big moment uh, and they're changing it you know two minutes before the start so these are some of the things that uh, that occasionally behind the scenes you don't see I do I must say I do have a friend in the stadium who was there and said you wouldn't have noticed so for me that's probably the, the best thing that we wouldn't have actually noticed for the mo- majority of the 45,000 that were there well, I tell you what that is a exhilarating story you had the hairs on the back of my neck standing up when I realised the sort of pressure you're under <laughs> and now it's a lot less pressure you're outside the top hop bar you've had about five beers with me so I don't know how Six. many you've had uh, but <laughs> What, I want to, what I'd like to execute is we have the team list here um, and I'm, I'm hoping, Chris, that you would do us the honour of having a real pro do in his free time uh, the Australian team list uh, and recreate the magic of the moment just with me and four other people outside the top hop. Uh, but they're here and we are going to give you as good a rousing reception as we can each name that you do this eh? would be a pleasure it's, to be fair I've been adopted by Cam and you, you guys as Australian friends for the afternoon so I'd be delighted to do this for you okay here we go here is this afternoon's Australia team in goal number one Matthew Ryan Yay! number five Mark Milligan Yay! 
Number seven, Matt Leckie. <laughs> Number ten, Robbie Cruz. <laughs> Number eleven, Andrew Naboots. <laughs> Thirteen, Aaron Moy. <laughs> Number fifteen, Captain Mile Yegna. <laughs> Number sixteen, Aziz Fahis. <laughs> Number nineteen, Josh Risden. <laughs> Number twenty, Trent Sainsbury. <laughs> and number twenty-three, Tom Rogic. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name's Mel. I'm from Brisbane. Yeah, what's your surname? Papasturgu. And you're a regular World Cup, aren't you? This is my second one, yes. Yeah, now today, like you're... Because aren't you some sort of... Don't you have, like, a special FIFA badge or something? What's yes. That, so explain I'm it. not wearing it today. Okay, so I've been selected by um, FIFA to, to be part of their fan movement to make um, to spread the love for football around the world really? with many other fans. How do you get that? Who, um, I was just selected by... on Twitter and I got interviewed and then I was accepted to be a part of it, which is pretty, very special. Yeah. And so, and so once Sepp Blatter puts his arm around you, yeah, yeah. What, what do you then have to do? Like, what are some of the jobs you have? Okay, so they, um, they set us different challenges. So we have to do either photos or video content to send to them and then they use it, they send it to... FIFA combine different ones that they feel are the best and then present it um, on social media. So isn't one of your jobs to find a supporter from every country at the World yes, Cup? Yes, so at the moment I've got to do it, it's hashtag rival hug. So at the moment of the 32, I've got 21. So who are you missing? Um, I am missing, um, what am I missing? Croatia, yeah. um, Japan, China, I don't know, there's a few more. China's there. not here. Oh, China. China. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're speaking to Mel. Who, has, who thinks China's in the World Cup? <laughs> Are you going to break it to it, or should I? Yeah, you, you break it. Mel, you'd still hug someone from China, Thank but they're you. probably not going to be here watching their team. So, oh, tell, so, that, so uh, where, where are you up to with your photo collection? So I'm up to, I've got 21. But the 18th isn't that, isn't tomorrow. Is that paninis? Is that what you're doing? Like, yeah, yeah, stamp, similar to that. It's similar. Paninis, yes, yes, yes. It's like stamp collecting, but it football. It's awesome. I know, it's better. <laughs> Next level. Now, you ran into an Australian legend today, but, but... But I was too busy on the task at hand, which was buying the Baba Ganesh dolls, the Russian dolls, to even realise who this amazing footballer was. And so, let me guess, he was, uh, was it Costa Barbarusis? <laughs> uh, I guess he's not Australian, he's New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No? No, sorry. No. Uh, next guess? Was Someone it, from China. Was, no. was, was Lee Broxham here as part of a tour group? No. <laughs> You'd love Lee Broxham. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It's worse. It's worse. Well, who was it? What's worse? 
It was um, Mr. Alex. <laughs> was that, oh, Alex Tyson, the guy that the best player in the country yeah, yeah, is yeah. named after. Yeah. Who for so many years? Eighty-seven caps, I think I read. Yeah, who for so many years was the most capped player in the history? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. so you would have met him for like five seconds or thirty. It was like seconds. half an hour. <laughs> we were like dolls together. Him and his wife helped each other pick dolls that we wanted Did to buy. Say, take home. Oh, and what are you doing here? Yeah. So are you now <laughs> Tobin? Are you Tobin in a circle <laughs> and you don't know his name? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're, you're yeah. Tobin in a circle and you don't know yeah. his name. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. So the, the Bubba Kadoosh doll they're going to keep now on their mantelpiece at home. <laughs> I helped select, but I didn't know that it was him. It's and yet you love football. Yeah, I know. It didn't click. I, yeah. See, we walked out of the shop. It seems like, so you know who that was? Yeah. And I was like, no, who was it? He's like, Alex Tobin. I was like, no. And we looked it up. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And so basically every time that the Alex Tobin medal is, is awarded, yeah, forevermore, you yeah, yeah, will go, I fucking bought some Baba Ganoush <laughs> dolls with him. <laughs> Baba Ganoush is something you eat with what bread. What is Baba Ganoush? <laughs> Isn't it Baba Ganoush? What what Babushka. Babushka. I don't know. You're talking about a dip. She said Baba Ganoush. I went with her. <laughs> Sorry. So that's three mistakes for the night for me. <laughs> It's a tour day in Kazan, and Tony, I believe, is up at the Kazan Kremlin taking in its incredible historical sites. Francis, I'm here at the Annunciation Cathedral in the Kazan Kremlin, and I'm playing a game called Church Stats versus Football Stats. And basically it's a test to see whether church stats can be presented as interestingly as football stats. So I'm going to start with football stats. Gianluigi Buffon, had he played at this World Cup, would have played in his sixth World Cup, making him the most World Cup player in football history. As it is, he shares the honour with Anthony Caballal, Lota Mateus and Buffon, all on five World Cups. Uh, that's a fascinating football stat. Now let's try the church stat. This church, the Annunciation Cathedral, was built in the 16th century between 1554 and 1562 by Ivan the Terrible and is the only church in Europe to have five piers and six apses. Or is it six apses and five piers? Either way, it is all happening here at the Annunciation Cathedral. Now, there's nothing quite knowing a local when you're visiting a town you've never been to before, and Tony was keyed into somebody who really knew Kazan well by Kim Trail, his fellow race around the world 20-year anniversary superstar. They got together, and Tony got to know Kazan. Well, Francis, I'm at Maru Solfka, which is a restaurant here in the centre of Kazan, and I'm having a beautiful lunch, having just put away in reasonably quick time some sea perch that was caught in the Volga River. So I feel very connected to our current location and I'm sitting with Zulfia who's been a lovely host and has taken me to this lunch. We've been having a great chat and Zulfia I believe you're, you're Tartar aren't you? Tell Australian listeners what um, Tartar means. <laughs> She's got food in her mouth. Australian listeners. It's a nationality here in Russia. Mm-hmm. One of the... One... Uh, you know, we are biggest nationality after Russians here in Russia. 
um, well, we are very good people. <laughs> we speak our own, our own language. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit like Turkish language, close to them. So sometimes we can understand some words from Turkish. And uh, that's it. And uh, what region are the Tatars in and when did they come here? Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, Tatars came here. Actually, we lived here always, but several hundred years ago, we conquered by Mongols and mixed with them. And that's why you can see so many different Tatars around former Soviet Union. Tatars from Crimea, from Siberia, from Volga River. So we are looking a little bit different. We have a little bit different languages, accents maybe, but we're all Tatars. And mostly we are Muslims, but we even have Tatars who are Christians. And we see the mosques here in Kazan, but we also see the churches as well. It's kind of a very multi-faith. Uh, did Was there a period where, where the religion was suppressed under the communists? Yes, during the 70 years of communism, religion wasn't so popular, if I can say so, but we had several churches and several mosques that never closed. They worked and people who wanted to go there, they visited. But, you know, now I think it's, it's, it became more modern. <laughs> I cannot say that people started trusted, trusting in God, but it, it became normal to go to the church. And in my childhood, I never heard that someone goes to the church or mosque. And now it's, it's, it became very normal normal too much sometimes do you go uh, with my guests with tourists I always visit all the churches all mosques all religion places <laughs> actually I visited all over the world and I think that if I count the places where I uh, prayed drank water made wishes and so on so it means that I'll live forever and I'll always be healthy and I believe that the Tatars are very famous for hospitality and they've been looking after us here in Kazan just like you've looked, looked after me and taken me out to lunch um, is it true that the Tatars are famously good hosts all Russians I mean all people who lives in Russia who live in Russia they all are very, very open-hearted. <laughs> we like guests and we know how to uh, make the life of our guests good. Well, thank you very much. You've given me a beautiful book about Kazan, which I'm going to take back to Australia, um, and, and a lovely lunch uh, with a sea perch from the actual Volga River, uh, and it was delicious. So thanks, thanks a lot, Zofia. You're welcome. We look forward to see you here, not only during the championship. Спасибо. Пожалуйста. 
unbelievable developments here in church stats versus football stats. It turns out that my church stats were just flat out wrong. It's not the only church in Europe to have six peers and five apses. It's the only 16th century Russian church to have six peers and five apses. I just am never going to be the Simon Hill or Bruce McAvaney of Russian church stats. That is becoming clear. Back to you, Francis. Well, Tony, it's been a massive day at the World Cup and there's nothing better in the tournament than the favourites and the holders being beaten on the first game because it opens it up for everyone. And Mexicans who we met back in Moscow will be going tropo bananas right now at the Salute Hotel. Can you imagine? It was incredible. Uh, we're at the Top Hop Bar and I would say that the... The ratio was 100-0 in terms of the support for the Mexicans. Everyone loves an underdog. The way they played, it was just so fantastically electric. The the speed on the counter and the the continual chances they were generating. And look, to be honest, there's, there was nothing lucky about that win. It was a brilliant performance from the Mexicans, and it changes the nature of the tournament. Now, it gives everyone hope that you can bring down a top dog. Australia went close yesterday. The Mexicans have done it. So you just get the feel now that the World Cup is alive. I think sometimes it can feel a little perfunctory. The big teams just go through. They roll over the top of those that would like to think they can contend. And that's not happening quite as easy, so that is fantastic. You've had a great day here in Kazan. One of the great things about being here is it's, a, it's been a myth-busting experience, a sort of that notion that Russia is this dour... Yeah, colourless place. Look at where we're looking now towards the sunset that looks over towards the minarets at uh, the, the magnificent mosque over there uh, that sits inside the Kremlin. And you feel like you're in some sort of magic land. No, it, it is very cosmopolitan and it's very beautiful. Like uh, a lot of these cities are very old, and and the the stone buildings and the and the 19th century architecture is there on display. And and absolutely, you're, you're outside and you're in Europe. You know, it's not like, uh, I mean, yes, the first night that we stayed in Moscow, we were staying amongst the communist commission flats. <laughs> but here in Kazan, we're in a city that, that is reasonably contained and the central area is incredibly pretty. And what you know is also there is a sense of independence from Moscow and from that part of Russia. The, the Tatarstan state has its own president for what it's worth in Putin's Russia. But they are you know, of a mind very independently different from the Moscovites. If you ask them, I asked my cab driver on the way here and he just sort of shook his head and said, no culture, no love in Moscow, all about money. No culture, no love, all about money. So it's a bit like Sydney, really. It is. And, <laughs> and it's, a, it's a country that when you think, what are, we, are we about Melbourne to Sydney distance here from Moscow? Yeah, about 800 kilometres. And so it is, it is incredible that this great large land changes quickly within, within those distances. And like any great city, it has its uh, middle of the road work a day busker at the pub trying to crank out a few Ed Sheeran songs in tune with the degree of difficulty that he's singing in his second language which makes a big difference but you're not at a pub anywhere in the world if someone's not doing at least one Ed Sheeran song or maybe a Maroon 5 track and we've had both of those tonight so we know that we are amongst the, the, the global drinkers Yes, the top hop will go off later on. And I will be approached by 25-year-old women for a conversation, Francis. And do you know what doesn't happen in Australia? What is that, Tony? Getting approached by 25-year-old women for a conversation. (laughs) 
Well, you're a great conversationalist, so they should enjoy your company uh, yes. enormously. I, I, I sometimes wonder about the motivations for why they approach me. But Never uh, doubt yourself, Tony. Never <laughs> doubt it's your charm and magnetism that works every time. Absolutely. But uh, it's certainly a big day at the World Cup. Uh, the... the the champs toppled. Um, a, a terrific goal as well by Serbia. It might be the might end up being the, the free kick of the World Cup. And good to see a Serbian attack the assistant coach. <laughs> that that was that was a, a joy as well. Just play to time. Just be yourselves. <laughs> be you, Serbia. We know what we expect. Tony, should we go and see if we can request a new another Ed Sheeran tune? Maybe a Taylor Swift song. That's usually in the repertoire as well. Pulps, common people. That's what I'm going to ask for. Set the bar high. Let's go and do it. World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Find a link in the show notes or go to supersimplecards.com to get 10% off your order when you use the code World Cup. Let's go! 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 Let's go!